The following podcast contains no legal advice, but plenty of banter and beer between four family lawyers. Enjoy and remember, it's all without prejudice. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Without Prejudice podcast, hosted by four family lawyers who needed to do something during lockdown to fill the void created by not being able to go to the pub. I'm Darren Hark, solicitor at Vice Lingham K, and I'm joined by the usual suspects, Dan Chalmers, solicitor at Clinton's, Sean Hilton, solicitor at Stevens and Bolton, and Mark Samuels, finance barrister at 36 Family. We have also managed to convince a very special guest to join us this week. Baby girl, I said tonight is your lucky <laughs> night. <laughs> Not Bob Larangs, is it? It is Mr. Peter Andre. <laughs> so how are we doing, gents? It could have been Bubbler Ranks. You could have you could have thrown a curveball there and just thrown a Bubbler Ranks for fun. How are you guys? Good, Good thank yeah. you. How are you, Pete? Uh, thank you so much for doing this. We're uh, I think it's safe to say that three of us were kind of excited about this in a normal adult appropriate fashion, and one of us was a little bit more excited. But uh, we'll let you figure out who that was. Uncontrollably uh, so. I can't wait to find out. <laughs> You know, for anyone that doesn't know, obviously I've known Dan. How long have I known you for, Dan? Now about three, four years. Yeah, something like that. You've always been smiling, on and off, I, on and off work. You've got you've a smile. Always been smiling. You've got yeah, a smile. Yeah, you've got a smile. Absolutely, absolutely. It's that permanent hair lift he's got going on. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've I've, lo- I've known Pete for so long that I had hair. No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> None of us believe that. None of us knew him when that was true. Mate, you got hair. You're just shaving it. I know what you're doing. You're just going for this style. <laughs> I just like the look, right? Exactly. The hey, do you know what? It is weird, though. Dan, I'm 47, and I haven't lost my hair yet, and I'm I know it's coming. But my dad, he's 87, and he's got he's still got half half his hair colour, all his hair and half his hair colour. So half his head's black and he's 87. And his sister, his own sister, asked him when he was 60, she said, well, you've got to stop dyeing your hair. And he said, I've never dyed my hair. So it's crazy. I don't know how we've kept it, but, mate, and I thought... I That's thought very lucky, Gene. You're, you're lockdown, probably going to be fine. Was that <laughs> yeah, well, I thought it was going to fall out in lockdown, mate. I was stressing, but no, it's... There was that story there. just to rub it in. That's all I took from that. Is that <laughs> <laughs> family has loads of hair? That's all I in got. In hindsight, <laughs> in hindsight, that was a really, really bad thing to say. Not, necess- not necessarily, Peter. Now, let, let me ask you a question, Peter. Can you guess? Dan Chalmers has recently been accepted as a celebrity lookalike. Can you guess who it is? Look, in this light, it would be an insult because I'd say Doctor Rebel. But it's not. I'm only joking, Dan. I'm only joking. I'm trying to think. No, but you know, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my underground. Layer. You know, you just got he's got the grey shirt, and it's just. Oh, right. I, it no, is I'm a bit go for, evil, isn't it? This. I'm going to go for a bit of a. Uh, I'm going to go for a Woody Harrelson. Is that what we're looking at? Are you That's being too kind? Bad. Too kind. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think well, I was terrible nice with Doctor Evil. Who is it? Um, so I, I got this for Dan as a Christmas present. So I've officially registered him as a Ross Kemp impersonator. Ross Kemp. Oh, we've stayed local. We've stayed in England. We haven't even gone overseas. Got it. Yeah. I was yeah. I was too far across the other side of the pond. <laughs> You're also yeah, being nice. That. Oh, I think Woody Harrelson. He's got a bit of a Woody Harrelson. He's a he's a charmer. I mean, his name says it, doesn't it? There you go. See, heard it here first. <laughs> you can't be this nice to him for the duration of this podcast. That's not allowed. Just give me a chance, guys. Give me a chance. I'm warming up. I'm Actually, that's that's a, that's probably a good place to start. I mean, you've you've not been well recently. How, how are you doing? 
you know what, I'm so glad that I didn't get the other version of it. You know, a lot of people, one of my cousins uh, got it at the same time as me and he's still on oxygen now. I mean, so it, wow. it does affect different people. I had a considerably milder version because even though I felt like crap, but, you know, I'm not saying every guy's the same, but, you know, us guys, like, we, we, can, uh, we can definitely ham it up if we feel a bit under the weather. But this was like a bad flu, and the only worry with it was I kept thinking, well, how worse is it going to get? That's the, the weird bit is because you don't know about this virus. You think, okay, so this is, it's going to get worse. I'm, you know, the breathing was the thing that was freaking me out because, you know, even though I didn't end up in hospital, I was very, very lucky. But while you're going through it, you don't know how bad it's going to get. So I was freaking out a little bit. But then the, the wife, rightfully so, was like, get over it. You'll be fine. Well, she's on the front um, line, isn't she? Yeah. And she's uh, and she's good in a way that she doesn't pander to it. She's like, look, your stats are fine. Your oxygen levels are fine. Get over it. <laughs> and she's right in a way because you kind of need that sometimes because it's easy to it's easy to kind of you know, get yourself into tears. I mean, imagine these poor elderly people or people that live at, you know, on their own and then they're feeling all these symptoms. I mean, it's enough to freak anybody out. I was freaked out and I had I had a doctor in the house. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, how's, it, how's Emily been, Pete? Is she like, I, I assume she's been safe and well, but struggling with work, I guess. But Yeah, well, she had the, she caught the virus the first time round and she completely isolated from the whole family. And then all of us were thinking for months, are we going to get it, are we going to get it? And we never did. And then this time when I got it, she hasn't self-isolated. I mean, from me, she has, but I've worn a mask and stuff like that, but she hasn't kept away from me. And, and I, I think it's good because she certainly hasn't got it from me. So maybe she's immune to it, but there's still so much we don't know, right? The only yeah. thing is that she had to self-isolate from work. So she did. She was doing Zoom calls all day. She was on literally on the computer all day. So I was still, I was still sent to look after the kids, mate. There was no, there was no rest for the wicked. No way. <laughs> Didn't get to just take, it, take it on a little bit and have a lie in. Oh, oh yeah. Know. Oh no. Sorry, Theo. You have to go and see mum. There's a couple of times. You know what, Sean? There was a couple of times I'm thinking, shall I just try and ham it up a bit more just so I can stay in bed? <laughs> I'm thinking I can't do it because either way, I've got no choice. I've got to get up. So, but, but I it was, have, it was, I would have milked that shit for all it was. Uh, like. I would have been I, I all over it. Well, I I tried my best not to milk it because I thought if I try, if I even say, oh, I feel crap, but I did, I did actually feel, I didn't feel very good, but I. But I, I tried my best not to ham it up because I thought, you know, typical, typical something I would do if I, you know, a little bit of illness and I think I'm flawed. So, uh, but yeah, no, no, it was, it was not pleasant, put it that way, but it wasn't, it wasn't as dangerous as it's been for other people. Thank God for that. You think you're over the worst of it now, Peter? Yeah. The only thing that happened bizarrely is my sense of smell went two days ago after I got over the other symptoms, so when the cough went and when the when the aches, the body aches went, all of a sudden I lost my sense of smell and taste, um, and uh, which which is weird because normally that's the, one of the first symptoms you get. So it's just weird. I've still lost. I've still got no sense of smell at all. But um, so I've I've not had a positive test. But Daniel and I right at the outset. March last year feel as though we had it and I had that symptom and I'm telling you it didn't come back for two weeks or three weeks 
And it was so bizarre. I mean, you'll be able to say yeah. yourself, not being able to taste any food, smell anything. The sensation of eating, you can feel the food in your mouth. Yeah. But there's no sense of smell, no sense of taste. It's it's a void. And it's I just found but, it bizarre. But you know that the, the weirdest thing about that was I thought, yeah, do you know what? I'm gonna use this and not eat as much. But I was starving. I, 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 it didn't do what I wanted it to do. I'm like, at least if we're going to do this, just let me not eat for a few days. Because after Christmas, you know what it's like. We we all, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't stop eating. So I thought, okay, you know, I've got no sense of taste or smell. I'll be fine. I just won't eat for a while. No, that hasn't happened. Now I'm eating things that taste like cardboard, and I'm still I'm still eating it. <laughs> What, what taste would you give it, guys? Because I it com- sounds completely alien to me. One of my friends has gone months without taste. Really? And, 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 and it's getting better and starting to get there, but it's like, it just, it's so alien to me. I mean, but do, yeah, does it everything taste like cardboard or metal or? Just just nothing. Nothing. You, you can so taste bland. The, it's just the texture of something. Yeah. So you know what you're eating, but you can't figure it out. And, you know, I remember this happened to Emily, right? I was, and, and she said to me, she kept saying to me, are you, are you putting enough sort of spices in the food? And I thought she was trying to tell me that my food was rubbish, right? And I, <laughs> and I loved cooking and I was really offended because she didn't know that that was one of the symptoms. They didn't say it back in May when it first started last year, that they, that wasn't one of the symptoms, that she'd lost her sense of taste and smell and only realised that later. So now when it happened to me, I uh, I just I got it. It's a very weird sensation, uh, and you do taste. You can sort of taste a bit of metallic taste in your mouth, but um, but not when you're eating. You just don't taste anything. Uh, am I right? Did you did you? That's exactly what I experienced. Yes, for yeah. for two two to three weeks, exactly as you've explained. It was almost like a metallic or nothing. And again, you have the yeah. sensation of knowing that food's in your mouth, but there's no taste. There's no smell. You could be eating anything, and you're right. You could put, you could overload the food with spices and not really know. My partner yeah, exactly. as well, and she doesn't like spicy food, and she was able to just pour the Tabasco on um, and not love that. Any, what's the first food you're going to eat when you know? Oh, Peter, it's come back. What's that going to be? Listen, I'm I'm Aussie through and through when it comes to barbecues and meats and stuff like that. I love it. I, I went vegan for an hour. <laughs> I, I, so, I that was quite well, possibly I, I the worst was, hour of your life right I, adamant, I was adamant i was going to try it um and it wasn't bad it's just that i thought i can't not eat a steak you know so uh that'll probably be the first thing i'll get the barbecue going even though it's slightly cold but we we kind of we're kind of any weather kind of barbecuers. um so i'm just waiting waiting for the days to get a bit longer waiting to get all my taste back and then it's going to be a nice steak. I, oof, it's seasoned with <laughs> bit beautiful, beautiful. Sounds amazing. Well, thank God you're over the worst of it. So how's it been dealing with the kids doing homeschooling and stuff? Well, this is where I thought my hair was going to fall out. This goes back to the original <laughs> yeah. thing of what I was trying to say. I thought it's the first time when it, when it happened, the lockdown happened, the first lockdown, it was summer and we were outside, you know, we were doing homeschooling, but it was all new and us, you know, we were kind of handling it. It was a bit mad, but but I think this time around it's, it's <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've prayed to God and I've said, look, you know, I'll be anything you want me to be but a school teacher and, 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 and a cleaner. <laughs> And and a chef, <laughs> I said, I don't know, I can do it, Lord. I don't know if I can do it. 
Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely had its challenges. What, what about any of you guys? Have you experienced? Have any of you got kids? I know. I've got a little one. But she's only she's only ten and a half months old, so okay. not quite at home schooling yet. But um, yeah, it's been it's been it's been double edged in a way because I've been at home since she was born. She yeah. was born on uh, leap year baby, so 29th of Feb. So I've been at home the whole time, which has been amazing. And actually, if I think about the prospect of having to have left home at seven in the morning and get home at seven o'clock at night and not seeing her for those hours, yeah. It, yeah, I'm so glad I was here, but it does have its own challenges in terms of there's no separation between home and work. And, you know, I'm, I constantly feel that tension of I'm at my desk trying to work, but I also know that my partner Caroline's struggling dealing with the little one and should I just pop out and, you know, so, yeah. Um, so I haven't had to do homeschooling, but some of my colleagues have and I can see how it might be, diff- the challenges it might bring. I think it's it's hard for the kids because they, you know, they're used to you know, social skills are such a such an important thing, and we're bringing them up and trying to make them, you know, really learn their social skills. And when they're at school and they're learning and they're around their peers, and you know, that's what makes them become who they are. And I think it's been a real tough thing because for for the two eldest, um, Junior especially, he's in his GCSE. He, uh, GCSE, uh, God, I can't even say the words probably. He's in 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 his year eleven, and he. <laughs> <laughs> did you like how I just avoided that? GCSE, mate. It's a tongue twister. Uh, but but you know he he's really basically not been at school the whole year. By the time he goes back to school, he would have missed pretty much a whole year. Now he's done all his Zoom. We do all his Zoom uh, live schooling from home, but um, but these kids then are insular. They're stuck indoors. They're stuck in a room. You know, it's different. It's different for them. I, I find I feel sorry for in a way for this generation. But then, then we got to look at other places where they don't even have schools. So you know what I mean. We we are lucky in a lot of ways. Mm. Definitely, no, totally get that. Yeah, I mean it's 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 definitely been an eye opener. And I've realised, I, I always thought I knew what I was, but now I know what I'm not. <laughs> and I'm not a teacher, <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> I, 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 take, I take my hat off to all teachers. They the thing is, Peter, there, there's an opening for like the, the teaching version of Joe Wicks. You know, that show could take place. You know, there's an opening there. You need to step up. That could. And if anyone knows of anyone that's good at it, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> not that guy. You're not going to start then a, a music lessons from home with Peter Andre. Yeah, you're not going to, you know, Joe Wicks can do PA, PE in the morning. Peter Andre can do music in the afternoon. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, here's the funny, here's the thing. I've, I've you know, what Joe's done is so amazing. I, I was speaking to him actually recently because he's, he's a really lovely guy, Joe, really lovely guy. And my love is the fact that he had the energy to think of that in that first lockdown when it was yeah. all new. And look at Gary Barlow with music. He was like, "I'm going to do crooner sessions." You know, you've got to, you've got to have, you've got to have that in you to say, "I'm going to start something and see it through." You know, um, that's, also with uh, Joe, that was a that was a massive commitment, and I think it was far more that he ended up doing than he thought he would. I imagine. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I mean, he he, but he did so good, and then you know we're all into fitness and things like that and and but then you don't want to sort of jump on that bandwagon that's his department now and he's doing an amazing amazing job with it he's just brilliant 
but not that I've done any of the classes because the thought of nine o'clock in the morning standing in front of a screen and doing exercise for me is like no. Yeah, one so, of our original guests, Danny Chapman, is an avid fan, isn't he? He um, he's a barrister's clerk, so he clerks uh, Mark's chambers, and he does most classes most days. And he's like, it's, you know, it's literally saved me through lockdown. He's a big fan. He says he does. He says. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Yeah, I love that. I, I think what what it is, Dan, is because I grew up in Australia. Australia morning and exercise always appealed to me because it was warm, it was hot. You get up early because the sun's up and it's quite hot early. You're up and about, you're, you, you're vibing. You go out, you do a bit of a run, you do stuff, and then you're vibing all day. But in England, because it's cold and, and I get up and it's dark, the thought of exercise for me is like, no, I can't. I, can't. I have to do it way later in the day when I get into a different time frame. I can't, I can't do it. I mean, this lockdown in comparison to like previous lockdowns, I'm assuming you're, you would be in an area that's got quite a high tier, I'm assuming. How have you yeah. found this lockdown? Yeah, it's, uh, again, hate. I would hate to be a complainer. I'd hate to be a whinger because I know lots of people are going through it far worse. It's not easy, I think, for anyone in any industry. I mean, our entertainment industry is on its knees. Uh, I was doing... I was doing Thriller in the West End um, the end of last year and then this year I was supposed to be in Greece. I was playing three different characters actually in, in the musical, which was great. Which characters? Um, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be Vince Fontaine, uh, which is brilliant. Uh, not Danny, not Danny because the original script, and this is something that a lot of people don't know, the original Greece script, Danny and Sandy are teenagers and the, the script that they use for the, the live shows is the original script, which means that the two people that play Danny and Sandy are teenagers and their friends at school are teenagers. So they don't use anyone over 20. I, I don't think anyone's over 20. Um, and they also, the, the girl is, the lead girl is not blonde and from Australia. She's a brunette from America. And so they've gone to the original script. And Danny Zuko, who was played by uh, John Travolta, of course, he was a lot older playing a teenage kid, but he, they saw him on screen and were like, he was never meant to be Danny Zuko. I think it was Kaniki that was Danny Zuko initially. Anyway, so so my character, because I wanted to be Danny, of course, but I'm like, I am 47, I've got to get over it. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, Vince Fontaine. I'm also the beauty school dropout. Um, what was his name? Um, Frankie Valli, uh, Frankie. Yes, I can't have seen that. And I'm also the four seasons, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm also um, the New York police officer. So I get to play three different accents, three different things, and it's it's great. So yeah, all of that stopped. So the industry's on its knees. You know, we'd be on tour right now. But I know that there's a lot of people worse off because there are people who can't, you know, that can't do any work. Uh, they can't, they're not allowed to work. Uh, in their industry so even in our entertainment industry people who are lighting crew people who own yeah. the venues people who do sound people that you know the caterers I mean this is finished for all of them mm. and and us that get to perform we can adapt because we can be at home we can write in studios we can do things but for these people it really has destroyed their livelihood so it's a very scary time for a lot of people but for me I'm just lucky that we've got the home, we've got our family, you know, can't complain, really. Totally right. I reckon, boys, well, we've, I don't think we've ever given him a shout-out on the pod before. Uh, we've got a friend here 
um, called Lee Ormsby, who's mm-hmm. a good friend of a few of ours, who uh, performs in the West End and different shows and works in a lot of the piano bars in London. Hugely talented guy. Um, did what you were saying about the sort of uh, getting things going. He's been doing sort of live streams on Facebook and stuff to keep himself busy. But yeah, seeing the effect it has on him and, uh, and the fact that his income has just literally stopped. I think, you know, it's natural for us all to look inwardly about what's going on with us. But we should think about the people who have literally just had everything just taken away from one day to the next, no income. It's just mad. In your industry, guys, in your industry, I guess, do you, if you don't mind me asking, but do you guys feel in a way, do you enjoy the fact of being able to do to work from home or do you miss the office atmosphere? I mean, obviously you don't have to commute, which I guess is a, a big relief in a way because you can wake up it's sort of in your own, not in your own time, but you don't have that stress of getting to work on time and things like that. But do you like working from home or do you find that it's a, it's quite stressful? I, I, I find it's, I do like working from home. And, you know, I was able to work from home on occasion in the past. I was mainly office-based. I think all the guys, well, apart from Mark, whose job is slightly different, he's in and out of court, of course. But it, I was mainly office-based. I do, I, I miss the people. Um, I miss yeah. the team, the team environment. You know, someone, we share offices, offices of only two people. So it's a, a good space, but I've got someone to to nag or to ask questions yeah. of. And my boss is next door and I can ask questions. And it's just the kind of banter and camaraderie that I miss, really. I, I don't, I feel a bit, because kind of what we do as family lawyers is we deal really in other people's misfortune. You know, really. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's dealing with, you know, money and children masses and all the rest. But so I don't. I don't really feel, I feel a bit guilty that we've all been able to continue working when clearly millions haven't. And obviously working for the firm that I work for, as you know, Pete, you know, in, in the industry with music and theatre and all the rest, as you say, it's just on its knees. So clients yeah. just, you know, and, and that, that means that people who are lawyers for those clients haven't got work exactly. and they're going to lose out. It's so a ripple effect, yeah. It's a huge effect. And you, you said, you know, people like lighting and sound and, that probably doesn't even come into people's thoughts when at Christmas mm. they're like, oh, there's no pantomime. The people that produce those shows mm. and the lawyers behind it and the contracts and the writers and all the rest, that none of that happened. And it's such a big thing. And, and you know, those sort of pantomimes and shows and TV shows, of course, have had to be really specially done and because of the COVID uh, thing. It's, yeah. it's really crazy how many people it has affected and not to mention, of course, like affected health-wise. Yeah. And I think also it reminds you of... A, not just having gratitude for what we have, but also I think particularly for the four of us and being grateful for working in an industry where we can be supple and can actually try and have workarounds. I mean, certainly for me, my job is going to court. And, you know, this time last year, if you'd have said to me that, you know, a lot of court hearings would be using online platforms and logging into a court hearing... I'd have said you were crazy. You know, that doesn't happen in this country. Now it's the norm and it's probably not going to change back. At least I don't think there's no reason why it should. But I think there's certainly that element of, yes, I mean, speaking personally, I have found it quite difficult not having the social aspect of it, not having colleagues, but being bloody grateful, actually, you know, I'm healthy, I'm working, I can pay my bills. You know, that's that's Mm. more than many people at the moment. So it's it's exactly what you say. Yeah, you know, the other thing I found interesting was the the, the hospitality industry um, and I guess entertainment. It all fits into this way, you know, theatres and, and things like that or restaurants where 
what I really felt bad for was that they there were all these laws, to, you know, all these rules they had to change and they had to go and make posters and, and get everything ready for this two-metre distance situation. And even when they did all that and they spent all this money on, on, on all of that, they were only allowed to have 50% capacity. Now imagine you're a restaurant and you can only have 50% capacity when you rely on a full restaurant yeah. to keep yourselves alive. Uh, a lot of these restaurants, thankfully, have adapted into takeaway, but some of them, they can't. I mean, and then just as they got to that 50% capacity, they've shut them down again. Um, so I, I, I worry about the long-term effects for them and obviously the people in theatres. If they can only have 50% capacity, they will never make the costs of what a production is to put on. So you're right. You are right. It is It is. The more we think about it, the more there's so many people affected. And even what Dan said about lawyers, I never thought of that. Of course, if you're representing people that are in music or in an industry that's suffering, they're not going to need a lawyer because nope. they can't afford it. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very interesting. Making me think that when uh, when Greece goes on tour, we need a we need a pod outing, boys. We need to God, go. Without to come down, honestly, I'll I'll sort your tickets. I promise you, because <laughs> it's such a good laugh, and and it really will make you for that time forget everything. You will you will be thinking you're you're back watching the movie in the eighties. Although from what I can see here, not many of you were around in the eighties. You're too young. He looks at me then. On the eighties. I did it. I promise. I actually the first. Was was Sean? I think I thought well, Sean's probably that's no, not Sean. Uh, Mark, sorry, I thought Mark's probably in his twenties. So I'm Thanks, not going to. I'm and not. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> suggesting that the others are in their thirties. So I'm not going into this. I'm 47. I'm. Way I think up. I'm older than Darren and Sean. But thanks. Think I'm the baby. That's great. Yeah. I'll take that. I, I, I know that. I'm the baby. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm definitely not the baby. You're all younger than me. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah. You look the bloody youngest on this call. You're welcome. Yeah. Our listeners can see what we can see. Just flirting, just flirting. Yeah. (laughs) That nonsense before about eating too much over Christmas. I was looking at it and we're thinking, what? (laughs) Mate, this lighting in here is unreal. Trust me. (laughs) It'll make make anyone look great. On that subject. Oh, sorry, Dan, go on. No, no, no. All I was going to say, Pete, was um, obviously, you know, had 2019 been 2020, you did a huge tour in 2019. And had it been, you know, a few, literally a year delayed, it was. I know it's your twenty-five year thing. Um, that's imagine that. You know, it's a completely different world. It's a completely different world. Um, but you know, that's where I look at people like Gary. I, I don't know if you ever saw, but Gary and I did a, a, a crooner session. Gary Barlow, and 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 I'm not trying to name drop in any way, but he, he he reached out one day and said, "Look, I'm doing these crooner sessions. Do you want to do one?" I said, "Yeah, of course." And we did a Stevie Wonder track, and it was great fun, and it was just the two of us split screen. And then since then, we've become really good friends because I, I I knew him from the 90s, but we never really, you know, we, we were in different worlds, you know, take that, we're just breaking up as I came to England. And I remember walking on stage. Uh, I've actually told him this story. So Robbie had left the group and I'd never, I never knew who take that work because I was living in Australia, but I came to England and there was this massive group called Take That. And as they were walking off their stage for their final performance in an arena, I was walking on for my first performance in an arena. And we walked past each other and we all shook hands and they were very, very polite. And then years later, I'd, I'd met Robbie and I got to know him as a person that wasn't part of that group. 
But then I hadn't heard from them or talked to them for years. And then Robbie became a, a megastar and Take That was sort of not doing much. And then all of a sudden in the last lockdown, he he reached out in, a, in an email and said, look, you know, I'm doing these things, would you do it? And I was like, of course, you know, what a great songwriter Gary is. And since then, we've become really good friends. But one of the things that I've found really amazing by him is how he just kept going through this, uh, through the lockdown. He thought of the crooner sessions. He thought of, he put an album together. He got it out there. The album went number one. And I, I said to him, what gave, what gave him the drive? And what gave Joe Wicks the drive? What gave these guys the drive? It inspires me to think, I need to get off my ass a bit more because unfortunately you can become a bit complacent because you think, well, there's nothing really I can do, so I won't. And, well, and well actually, Peter, I mean, is it a question of drive? Because, I mean, we we know people who have done various things. And I, I think in some cases it is about drive and just enthusiasm and being innovative. But for other people, I think I think some people manage adversity with projects. And one yeah. way of dealing yeah. with an unfortunate situation is to think, OK, I'm going to manage the situation, even if that means managing yeah. something. Well, that's um, what I'm created not... this podcast. That is exactly what created yeah. this podcast. Is in the first lockdown, we're four friends, and this this was engineered to replace. We would get together on a Thursday or Friday afternoon, after having been at court, having been in the office, to get together and have a drink. And this podcast is is, is for family lawyers, but it's not a legal podcast. It's about four friends getting together and digesting. We basically, we hardly ever discuss the law on. or work. You know, well, I mean, we yeah. did discuss in episode one. You know, we're going to get Peter Andre on. I mean, that was the plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that, that's what you think, Mark, because we always said, we agreed, and I think Darren and I, are, we, we follow a, um, a podcast, and we're big podcast fans, and we're chatting about this, and we said, it needs to be four people. And, you know, the next two people Darren and I spoke to were Peter and Gary, but they weren't interested. So, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, now that we're international podcast stars, that you know, they've lost out. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, I'm, glad you, guys, Gary I'm glad you guys asked me because obviously we're, I'm in a completely different industry to you. Well, not really. You guys do deal with music, but it's nice that you, you know, you'd have me as part of the team for this, for tonight. Because it's, you know, it's something kind of, it's, it's made my day because it's got me out of this continuous, you know, being at home, it's it's driving everybody mad, I think. So thank yeah. you, guys. Well, one thing I, I'm really keen to know, right, is we have we have a segment, Pete, where we discuss uh, what we're drinking <laughs> on the evening. And I, I'm really keen. So I'm going to hand over to Sean because it's kind of his Okay, baby. go for it, Sean. Um, this is my – so this was side, so you know the background. I started in the first sort of series of uh, – Without Prejudice podcast, and I ended up having a different drink for each episode. So I thought I had to keep it going. And then we started joking about the fact we needed a jingle. And then someone else on the pod surprised me on one of our previous episodes and had created a jingle. So, you know, Steve does your, you know, musical aficionado. So it's called Sipping with Sean, is the segment. The idea is that we talk about what we're drinking each week, whether alcoholic or non alcoholic. You're obviously recovering from the dreaded Rona. So yeah. you're excluded for this week's session. No, I'm not having a corona, that's the, for sure. the, other, the, other boys, <laughs> the other boys are in. Um, so the first step to sipping with Sean is that we have to play the jingle. Uh, and you have to let us know what you think. So Let's go. I think Mark's got the jingle ready to go. Yeah, but I think you need to say the magic words. Oh, roll the jingle. This is the hot new entry of the week. Sipping with Sean. 
Oh, very sexy. Well, the ending sounded very, very heart radio, so I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Come and have a drink with Sean. I love it. Actually, Peter, guess who contributed that? Who did that? Was that yours truly? Was it you, Mark? Oh, God, no. That was Mr Chalmers. Oh, you did that. That's his voice at the end. So, so Pete, I made the whole thing, right? I I actually went to someone um, and was trying to make it, because Sean had been saying, we need a jingle, need a jingle. So I thought, right, I'm going to go and speak to someone and get something made for him. Um, (laughs) And I thought I couldn't do it. So I literally just went on Google, how do you make a jingle? And I tried um, so I had the backing track. It's then me going, sipping with Sean. And it's it's then me at the end. And I just thought, you know, now that we've had our first... Can you do the bit again? What, the very ending? Let's hear it again, do, do you want me to play it again? And I think... No, 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 no. We want Dan to say it now. Like, <laughs> okay, go on. okay, hang on. <clears throat> oh, come and have a drink with Sean. <laughs> <laughs> very fetching so Uh, I thought you know as you're the first musical person we've really had as a guest that that was a tune right you've got a bit of Vita vibes mate you were going hard I felt for a second that we were having a full on um, what do you call it what do they call it when everyone gets together Um, session rave rave that's it (laughs) mate that's how bad things have gotten. I've even forgotten what the words are to things that we used to do. <laughs> <laughs> we lost the impetus a little bit there, Peter. Yeah. Oh, God. So let's God. do the rounds quick, boys, so we can get through this. Chalmers, King of Beers, what are you on tonight? Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot we're doing this. Um, yeah, sorry, now I've gone back to the black stuff. Sorry, Peter. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm very boring. I think I've drunk three things in all the episodes we've done, so I'm a Guinness drinker. Guinness, right. Big I'm, brands, obvious, I'm obviously Corona. What are you going for? <laughs> Big Darren? I'm a, a, a nod to North London, I suppose, tonight. I'm on Camden Pale. Oh. Out of yeah. a tin, which is nice. It's not quite the same as having a pint, but it'll do for tonight. Good drink, that, though. Marky um, Mark? I'm, I'm on the Sipsmith with tonic. Of course oh. he is. Nice. Nice. Finishing the rounds, I'm on a Timothy Taylor Landlord tonight. Nice pint Love of that. Good pint, that. I know that. For a Wednesday, you know, why not? Good stuff. Well, yeah, I think we've. I think I've kept up my tradition of a different drink, which is getting harder and harder. Very good. The options yeah. in Tesco, Sainsbury's, all other good supermarket retailers are running thin. <laughs> you so I feel like yeah. I'm going to have to start brewing my own hooch or something. Have you guys? Have you guys tried? Have you guys ever tried? It was massive in Australia. I don't know if they had it here. It was called a flaming Lamborghini. Have you ever had it? No. 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 Flaming Lamborghini. It was about. Let me just double check what was in it there was about four different things in it and they used to light it at the end obviously and this thing I don't know anyone that had more than three without passing out so we got to three and I remember it being this thing that who's going to get past three I I got to three once passed out completely but there's uh it was a it was a pretty dangerous drink when I think about it now because uh, I'm sure. I'm sure someone, if in England, just just because they want to be allowed, will try and beat three. Um, I don't know what it does to you after three. I have no recollection <laughs> after three. But have I'm a look sure at it. Find out. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it was it was a really powerful drink back in the back in the eighties. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying the eighties. But yes, back in the eighties. <laughs> no, I don't know re- if you guys had it here, but that would have that would have been something for you to try, Sean. You'd have been you'd have been on the ceiling by the end of it. I think we should revive them for when we come and visit Greece. Yes, exactly. That's exactly. what we need to do. Guys, I will hold you to this, you know. I will get you to, if you're if you want a night out just for a laugh, I'll I'll get you you've got to come and see it, honestly. 100 percent We'll see it. We'll have a flaming Lamborghini on the way. So <laughs> I love it. No more than three. No more than three. No, no, just I think just one. If you say three and you pass oh, yeah. out, I just want one. Oh, they were days, they were days, Dan. I'm boring now, mate. No, I, I used to love all that when I was in my teens and touring, and but long time ago, long, long time ago. You're big on the coffee now, aren't you, Peter? A bit of a fanatic on coffee, but that's only because it's it's got to be an age thing for me. It has to be. I, I basically I started drinking very young, and I I got I went into the industry very very young. So I did all my partying until I was about thirty, and literally. Must have been about 32, 33, and I was just like, don't want to do it anymore. Just like that. It was the most bizarre thing. I just didn't want to do it anymore. The drink didn't appeal to me. Everything just changed literally overnight. Do you ever um, miss it? Sorry? Do you ever miss it? The drink, the party, that's it. That, do you ever oh, miss it? That's you know what? There are there are certain things I miss, but you get to a point where, I mean, I, I feel very content, um, and I think once you're content... You know, you, you don't you don't think of it, but yeah, of course. You know, I miss being with my friends and having that sort of laugh that we used to have when we used to go out, which I just don't do anymore. And I said to Emily, I'd love to start doing you know like a poker night or something with my friends that I, I just haven't done for years. You know, make some fresh pizzas and you know just just do what we used to do and have a couple of drinks. And but you know, I say it, and then another year goes by. I mean, look, Dad, with you, we've been yeah, let's go for dinner. Yeah, we're all excited, and it just. It's I, just that I don't know what happens in life. I've, we just, I've told all my family that I'm best friends with Peter Andre. <laughs> I think it's I owe you me. big time. It's escalated <laughs> now. We're all going to Greece. It's escalated. We're, we're all going yes, to Greece. That's but, right. That's right. Yeah. Well, no. Well, that was um, Pete. We came. Sinead and I obviously came to your, your part of your 25th uh, celebration at the O2. Um, I'm not sure I've told you this. We were sat. So obviously we saw you afterwards and had a couple of drinks. But we we, we were sat next to your family. Oh, right. So whoever was there, I don't know if it was an, an auntie or a cousin or someone, right? And you introduced me to them afterwards. But during the show, they were sat where we needed to get past to get to the bar. Right. So, so Sinead, honestly, we had a brilliant time. And I'm not just saying this because it was excellent. But we, we were having such a great time. We were, one of us would go at a time and get a drink. We probably did it, you know, three or four times. But every time we had to go past your family, who were obviously really interested and were never leaving their seats. Really? As true, you know, Peter Andre Fat. <laughs> but then afterwards, you introduced me to someone. I can't remember who it was. I forgive me. But they were ah, oh, you were the people sat next to us going for the drinks, and we made up afterwards. But I was oh, oh, yeah. so guilty. You, you know what Greeks are like, mate. If they were a Greek family, they would have bought all their. They would have bought everything in the kitchen sink. They would have moved into the place. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah it, it was. It was a good night. It was a good night. Um, but like you said, we're going to escalate it. We're, instead of staying in England, mate, you're coming to Greece next year. Had to do a bit of a Greece joke. That wasn't very funny, but it was worth a shot. <laughs> Love it. I'd, I'd rather go to Greece the country, I, if I'm honest. Yeah. I was going to ask something. So we obviously, family lawyers generally know how to have, we're, we're quite good fun, I like to think, but lawyers are known as being pretty dry. 
and we have had all of us have had to sit through some pretty dire sort of uh drinks evenings slash presentations awards nights what do you think without forcing you to name names what's the worst like corporate appearance you've ever had to do like what's the worst or like most cringeworthy thing you've ever had to do this Mm. this (laughs) you're not allowed to say this yeah okay i okay here's one here's one so Kazakhstan, of all places. Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah, Kazakhstan. Before, it used to be have a different capital in Kazakhstan, and now there's a new capital. And I was asked to go and open the new capital, to, to perform for the president uh, of Kazakhstan, right? This and sounds very Borat. I, I think <laughs> it was, so well, this was before Borat, yeah? And I, and I remember I went there, and it was... I'd never experienced anything like it. And they generally do not, someone from Kazakhstan might be listening to this gun, well, this is not true. But what I was told is don't expect anyone to clap. They don't do that. They'll watch the performance and then you just just leave, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> so it was, I mean, literally you could hear a pin drop in this place. Imagine you're, you're performing for the president if it's president in Kazakhstan or prime minister, I think it's president. It was the, the strangest thing I've, I've ever done. And, and years later when, when Borat came out and he was, you know, sort of taking the mick of Kazakhstan and I, I felt a bit bad. But actually there are elements of it that, that kind of remind you. It's, it's a very, it, there's, it, it's a very weird, I can't explain it to you unless, you're, unless you've been there. But it's a very, very strange feeling. The whole time you're there, you just feel like there's no, I didn't feel any humour at all. It was very dry, very, very, very dry. And we were all at the stage of drinking and we wanted to have fun and there was just a dead atmosphere. Absolutely was the weirdest thing I've ever done. Nice people. They treated us nice, but it just was, that was weird. That you was weird. the performance and you were like, let's get back on the plane. Yeah, but, but but I mean, you, it was it, a lot of it is stepping back in time. So as you're driving down, you see uh, officers with with machine guns and that, and cars that are from the '60s and the '50s that are still that's what they drive now. I don't I don't know if it's changed. I mean, it's been about 15 years since I did that, but I remember it being like I'd. It felt like we stepped onto a movie set of some old. It just it it's it was so different to anything I've ever experienced, and and no matter where we went in the world, that was the biggest culture shock for me was Kazakhstan. So there you go, something interesting. Weird. That is a cool story. That is, that is a good story. Cool so story. Kazakhstan <laughs> won't be your first post-COVID holiday destination, then. <laughs> Do you know what? It might be great now, but then but then after Borat's pro- Borat Borat. Borat's probably uh, probably <laughs> made them not very happy with tourists. I presume. Yeah, Barry uh, has got a bit to answer for on that, hasn't he? Well, uh, to be fair, Tim, I watched the second film only last night, actually, or the night before, the Borat 2 subsequent movie film. Uh, is it good? Uh, it's very good. And actually, a bit of kudos back to Kazakhstan. Very anti-America, very anti what's going on at the moment in America, I might add. Yeah, yeah. But it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, kudos to Kazakhstan. Yeah, it just it's an interesting place. It really is. Um, and... <laughs> You, you feel a bit intimidated. I think that's the word. I felt very intimidated when I was there. But anyway, that was that was the only one I could think of because most events are fun because we we make them we make them fun because a lot of times when we go and perform, I bring a lot of my friends that used to perform with us 
way back who don't do it anymore, but I, I get them out of retirement and I'm like, let's go and do it because then at least I'm with my friends. So we always make it fun, no matter what the atmosphere. Sean, you know. what's yours? What's your worst family law event? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> There's definitely some. No, we can't do this. We'll insult people. I really wasn't we'll expecting you to people, answer, but I would like an answer. I don't think I can name names because obviously people <laughs> I still work with. But, you know, I once went to an event about 15 years ago in Kazakhstan. Some guy turned really up good. and sang something. I mean, it was no one even clapped. I mean, do you know what though, Sean? Do you know what though? It's just dawned on me that maybe I was just rubbish. You know, you've got to think they didn't clap. You know, I'm giving it all this large that they don't clap. Maybe they pre-warned me. They're just not into you. I think Peter. If zero people are clapping, You're that's struggling. better than like one slow, <laughs> yeah, you know, like a pity yeah, clap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure that's not the case. Um, no, I, I don't know, actually. I think probably the ones that have, there have been some bad ones, I've probably just blocked them out of my memory. I've sat through so many pensions talk and I still don't know anything about pensions. So that's I'm probably... giving a pensions talk next week for some people in Jersey. You can come oh, to that. Oh, you're No, I won't do that. I've I'll now come a bit, a bit like Yeah. Peter, Andre, you are getting an invitation to that pension I'm segment. coming, I'm coming. Oh, don't, don't, Peter, honestly, don't. You'd rather have COVID, I'm telling you. Um, yeah, no, I'm snapping. So Thanks for that, Sean. It's like, it's like Zoom quizzes. I've just decided never to go to one again. I don't understand it now. I never will. So um, that, that's, that's got to be one of mine, I think. I think on that optimistic note, <laughs> I think we've, we've got some quickfire questions, haven't we? Oh yeah, so we always yeah, finish. We always finish our whatever. Whenever we've got a pod with a guest on, we always finish with some quick fire questions. Um, so you're on the spot, Peter. Hope you don't mind. I love it. Uh, okay, first one. How do you like your steak cooked? Medium rare, Good but English choice. medium rare. Agreed. English medium rare, not European medium rare, which is dead. Yeah, uh, what's, you know, what's Australian blue. medium rare? Alive. Like like English one, you know. Okay, just All just right. yeah. Yeah, medium rare, love it. Good. Okay, number two, favourite superhero? Oh, Quickfire, Peter, Quickfire. Uh, uh, Quickfire, yeah, it's called Quickfire. Um, I'll go, I'll go Hulk, Hulk. Sam, stop like bullying it. our guest. <laughs> no, no, he's right, he's right. Sorry, <laughs> Peter. The clues in the name. Uh, next one, Kylie or Danny? Danny, always had a soft spot for Danny. Very good. Okay. Hashtag uh, at Kylie Minogue's getting tagged in this one. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Strictly or I'm a celeb. Oh. Don't forget I'm that Jeanette's I'm very a celeb nice because, video. Because my kids are the only kids ever to be born as a result of that show. So I'm going on the celeb. Good answer. Is that true? Yeah, Junior been... and Princess are the only ones ever to be born as a result of, of that show. Because it, obviously I got married from that show and we had kids and no one else has done that. That's wow, awesome. good. Good know, if you've got any reason, that is the reason. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although you must have been loving it when Jeanette won this year. On the uh, oh, Jeanette, mate, did she, she did it, get wrong? Yeah, she did win, I think. Yeah, in Wales. Hang on, no, no. Do you know what? She was in the final, but I don't know she, if she won. Um, she was definitely in the final, definitely. And that's the first time she's ever been in the final. So I was so proud of her. 
Um, I don't think she won. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay, moving on then after my blunder. Um, Haven't mentioned it before. Where would your first holiday be post COVID lockdown nonsense? Just somewhere hot. I don't care. I don't even care if someone just puts a fake sun up in the sky. That's what I want. Anywhere. Okay. I hear you're taking us all to Greece. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Economy, of course. Um, you know, course, things have yeah, been tough. <laughs> Don't blame me. Uh, okay, next one. Mysterious Girl or A Whole New World? Oh, definitely Mysterious because it reminds me of Summer. Good. It's also the best song ever. And it reminds me of Thailand. That's where I filmed it, was Thailand, you know? Didn't know that. Is that where you were wearing jeans under a waterfall? As Mark Mate, I've out. never understood it myself, why I did that. So, Peter, before, this, um, before we started recording, <laughs> got it up on YouTube, and that was the only question that occurred to him. Why is he wearing jeans under the waterfall? I don't know. Do you know, it is the most bizarre thing, because when we were doing it, I don't think they were going to use much of that footage. It was, we just, we went in there and we were clowning around because we were doing behind the scenes, and they said, just do some of the chorus in there, and... But then I ended up wearing it under the waterfall as well. So I, I have no idea. It's stranger, iconic. Stranger things have happened, but that is one of the strangest that I wore jeans. I, I, I've never understood it, why I did it. But it it's, works. It's, it, but it's now one of the most iconic music videos that we all remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that guy that was wearing jeans in a waterfall. I know, but... but uh, and one of the guys in the video, not Bob Larangs, the other guy, uh, there's two guys in there. Uh, the other guy is still my best mate right today he's still we still I, he's a you know he's a builder now and but i get him on tour with me and i get him up there dancing because i'm like no we're going to go back you, to the old days so we have we have great fun and did you meet on that video on that well on that track no no i didn't although here's a bit of trivia for you the song was originally called mystery man no okay yeah i promise you so what it was was the idea was um bear with me but the idea was that like Shubba Ranks had uh, where the girl sung Mr. Lover Man and then he went Shubba. The idea of this one was the girl was going to sing, oh, 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 mystery man, I want to get close to you. And then I was supposed to answer back. But because I couldn't rap and I just thought it wouldn't sound right, I flipped it so that we changed it to me singing the chorus about the girl. But it was always meant to be a, a female singing to me. So would you say you know, singing it right now for us how it was supposed to be? We talked earlier about Greece being done the way it was supposed to be done. Can you <laughs> sing it to us now how it was intended? Oh, Do you, you know my hearing? Before you my put hearing, your magic on. My hearing's got a bit strange. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Sorry, Can you hear me? He didn't hear that question. I didn't hear what he said either. <laughs> 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 too, too embarrassed, too embarrassed. We, we, ignore, we ignore Darren all the time as well. Let's this is true. This is true. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> Sorry, Darren. Next right, question, right, what was the last album that you listened to? Um, Eminem. Which one? Music, uh, music to be murdered by. Good album. Which, what, did, yeah, what did you make album. of it? Because that's, that's new, isn't it? That's yeah, brand, new. brand new. I listened to it. And it was one of those that he did an album called Kamikaze, which I loved. Do you know, it's weird. It's weird because it's not something I would get up and listen to. But if I go for a run, I need something like that to listen to. I need something that I can hear a whole album. And Kamikaze was great and I liked it instantly. This one took me about two or three listens. But his lyrics are just, they're incredible. When you listen to him, he's incredible. And I'm not even, 
it's it's not even a genre I would, you know, when I'm cooking, I would never listen to that. Never. But going for a run, that is the one. I'm not uh, I'm not entirely surprised by that because actually on your tour, your the music you sing on stage is, you know, the music you love a lot of the time. And yeah. you sing songs from other artists and it's very varied. Like it's Yeah, you know, yeah. People I think you think, oh, Peter Andre, Mysterious Girl, think uh it's all the pop but it's the music that yeah. you love is really widespread. Well, I grew up loving soul and jazz and blues and funk. They were the, the four types of music I loved. And uh, um, and I got to work with a lot of my heroes later on in life, but none of those songs were really ever released. But that's actually the serious side of music is what I love is soul and funk and blues. I love all that. And the stuff that I released was very poppy, which made it kind of difficult for me to to be taken seriously but but I get that but it still it still worked and it still was successful so you know but then the, the hard bit is then to try and bridge the two so now like what I'm writing now is you know whether whether it will be anywhere near as successful as the other stuff I don't know but it's definitely more of what I'd like to do so be interesting to see but yeah, I love that on stage. It's really, I think that's why we, we do a lot of shows and people thankfully come is because it's not what they, once you've been to a show, you'll know it's not what you expect it to be. It's all different, uh, different sort of, li- it's just a live show, you know, we just love doing live. So you mentioned there, Peter, because Dan's been to your show. I sadly haven't, but um, if you don't sing for us in Greece, then I definitely will go. <laughs> um, you mentioned soul i'm a big soul fan um who do you sing any of the soul music who's your soul artist is it otis redding is it solomon burke who's your who's your i mean to? i go as far oh, yeah. back as donny i go as far back as donny hathaway love donny hathaway nice. oh, stevie sure, wonder attention donny hathaway yeah. sam love, love. Oh. oh my god sam cook yeah benny king i mean a lot of these guys and actually when i used to enter competitions in australia i used to sing the, the, the judges, I remember this like it was yesterday, the judges would look and they'd go, yeah, who's next? And I'd, I'd come out and they'd go, right, Peter. And they, they'd look and they'd say, stand by me, Benny King. Yeah, no, nah, we don't want to hear that next. And, and a lot of times I wouldn't even get to audition because they didn't want to hear because it was a very rock culture, uh, which rock music is great. But, but they were not interested in that, in that sound in Australia when I was growing up. Um, but, yeah, man, I love all that, love all that. And all of Quincy Jones's jazz productions yeah. as well as the stuff he did with Michael Jackson and, oh, my God. Brilliant. We, we could, just, we could cut here and just leave you and Sean to go and yeah. chat about that. You and me are going to be mates. I've got a big vinyl <laughs> collection of all that kind of stuff, Quincy oh, Jones. mate. Yeah, just cut, Sean. One night, if you ever get a chance in the future, when I'm doing a gig, come and see it because I promise you, you it will not be a, a, a cheesy poppy concert. I don't, I'm not into that. It's you, you'll. You, I mean, you know, I don't want to big it up, but I want you to know that we we've got a great live band and we do funk and soul and we just love it. You, you've got to come and see it one night if you get a chance. I'm there. We're all there. We're all there. Hundred percent. Thanks. All right, let's finish off our quick fire questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're really quick sure, fire, are they? And then on quick fire. What would, be your, what would be your last supper meal, your ultimate last meal? Uh, definitely a T-bone steak, beautiful T-bone steak, um, mashed potatoes, awesome dauphinois potatoes, let's go posh, um, and a glass of red wine. Yeah, I'll go. Nice. Love I'll it. go. And um, Antor Deck. 
Ooh, brutal for the last deck, deck, deck. Because I know I, I I've spent more time with him, and he's a such a lovely guy. Uh, and I don't know as well, so I, I, that's the only reason. Enough. And last one, I promise. Um, who would you nominate to be our next guest on the pod? Who do you think would enjoy um, coming on as a guest? And we're looking for like a you know top top celebrity like yourself. We're gonna we're gonna put it out there. <laughs> I'm thinking Gary Barlow maybe, but you know it's like, Gary Gary's great man. You guys should get. We, we might need you to put a word in with Gary. I say, by the way, Pete. Well, I, I have asked him to do my podcast, which I'm starting at the end of this month. So, uh, uh, but I, uh, I, I you mean I, you, asked him you know who else? Do you know who else would be good, guys? And you would love him. Gino DeCambo. Oh, the, that's a good oh, show. He's such a funny guy. He will make you laugh the whole time. Pete, but he can send, be, him a me- send him a message. I will send him a message, Dan. I will, actually, guys. I will. Because he, he's, a, he's a really nice guy and he, um, he'll make you laugh. But just, just be careful who you play it to because he can say some things that you're going to be like. <laughs> oh, you just well, that's fine. We like that. Yeah, obviously, you know, you've listened to every episode and you're a huge fan of ours, which is why we got you on. Of course. <laughs> you could um, get, oh, yeah, you ping a message to Gino. We'll, we'll, we might allow him on, you know, we're kind of international podcast stars now, so. Well, if you message yeah. them both, Peter, and we'll decide, shall we? Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I think Dino's yeah. the one. Send him a message and see what he says. In something of a nod to Gary Barlow, though, if I may, because my mum's a listener and she'll she'll insist that I say this if she, when she is listening to this. Years ago, I don't think it was a school performance. I think it was in the Boy Scouts or the Cubs or something of the like. Uh, we did a performance and as part of that, we had to take that performance. And as part of that, I was selected out of the Boy Scouts to be Gary Barlow. And I stood on really? the stage at about nine years old and sang Never Forget, took my shirt off, sang in front of... Dozens of people, dozens, not thousands, Peter, <laughs> dozens of people. <laughs> they had a whale of a time. So, if you, to be fair, Darren, you do do that quite a bit when people. drunk. I mean, I've seen you do that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, you know what? If Gary needs convincing, you can mention that, Peter. Yeah, absolutely. Last orders at the bar, please. Hey, you know what, though, guys? It's made my day, honestly, have been on here. I hope I haven't rambled. I talk a lot, but it's only because I haven't been out for a while, so it's my, <laughs> it's just my way of, of, of opening up. But thank you very of much. Course. It's been our pleasure. Happen. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, yeah thank if you so ever much need, uh, if you want to join on a kind of, you know, a Zoom poker night, we do that as well. So come, <laughs> come join the boys for a bit of online poker. And when you get your podcast up and running, if you need a kind of four idiots and, and a piano type setup, I love it. You know, we can it. be we can be backing <laughs> singers for you. We'll be all right. But first I things first, I'm gonna, I will send a message to Gino in the next few days and. The next time we all meet is going to be at the musical Greece, and we're going to have a laugh. Yes, that'd Absolutely. be amazing. Amazing. Well, I, I, yeah, I'd just like to say on behalf of all of us, thank you so much for joining us. It's been amazing, um, and you man. genuinely are one of the nicest people in the business. And uh, oh, you've got your time for us, so thank you so much. And uh, yeah, cheers, boys. I've really, really enjoyed that. Thank you, cheers, That's boys. Been fun. Thank you. Oh, hang on, we've got to name the pod. Oh, we've got to name the pod. Oh, the we Most important thing, and also how people can listen to this. Go, go on, Darren. Chuck us. <laughs> tell, tell Pete what we're doing as well. Which bit am I doing? So I'm naming the pod. Yeah, naming yeah. the podcast. Oh, well, a few things jumped out. I thought Kazakhstan slow clap was, was, was one. <laughs> That's quite good. Quite like that. I also saw, thought of the uh, flaming Lamborghini. 
Yeah. Flaming Lamborghini's good. So I'll leave it to you, boys, because I'm torn. I've got them all both written down here. I thought, Ooh. I like that. That's good. Oh, they what would you prefer, Pisa? Well, we could mix the two and have Mysterious Clap. Um, but then, then someone will think I've got some incredibly uncurable disease. That would be uh, hilarious. That's so much better than that. That's, that's so much better than what we had. Can we please, please can we that? use that? The, the mysterious clap. I think that would be quite funny. I think that's amazing, uh, Darren. Okay. It, Darren, if you're it's, clap, it's a mysterious clap. It has to be amazing. Amazing. <laughs> You realise that you've just written a Daily Mail article there. Thank you very much. Peter Andre has the mysterious clap. Um, Right, I'll wrap it up then by saying um, people know where to find us. Uh, You can listen to us on Spotify and on Apple Music. And you can find us on Twitter at the WP Pod. And you can email us at the Without Prejudice Podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, just to wrap up, say thank you, boys. And thank you again, Peter, for joining us. It's been an absolute joy. Uh, Thank you, guys. Cheers, boys. That's time.